in our small groups, Glorious God, Glorious Gospel, and um, it is emphasizing knowing God, honoring God, and treasuring God. And uh, this week's lesson is about treasuring God, and uh, we want to turn our thoughts to that this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 6, God is giving instructions to uh, the children of Israel. I'll begin reading in verse 1 and read down through verse 6, or maybe 9, we'll see, okay? Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all His statutes and His commandments which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord with all your heart. The Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So we find in this, this is often uh, a text that is used to show the responsibility of parents and grandparents to teach their children. But we often don't realize that this is the passage that Jesus quoted when they said, what is the what is the great commandment? And, and he said to them, Thou shalt love the Lord your God. And he quoted this, With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And, and he's, the whole context of that, that is given here and in Matthew 22 in Jesus' response, is... God has everything. He is what we treasure. Turn to Psalm 73. While you're turning there, the psalmist in this psalm said, I was really in a battle in my mind and my faith because when I looked at the wicked, they prospered. Everything seemed to go well for them. And and he said, I thought, what's the use of serving God? And, and then he said, until I went to the house of God, I did not understand things. But then, when I went to the house of God, I started to see things from God's perspective. 
and and we're not going to take the time, but he said, the wicked may look like they're prospering, but God, you've set them in slippery places. And he said, I know that you will take care of things. You will bring justice. And what started out as often in the Psalms, kind of a complaint, he ends in praise to God. Notice what he says in verse 25. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For indeed, those who are far from you shall perish. You have destroyed all those who desert you for harlotry. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord that I may declare all your works. Here is a testimony of a man that is truly treasuring God. He said, God, who is there in heaven besides you? And there is no one on earth that I desire besides you. It it doesn't mean that he didn't love his wife or didn't love his family, but he said, my love for you far exceeds any other love that I have. That I treasure you, God. And, And the whole aspect of loving God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and all our strength... It, is, it involves all our faculties, all our capacities. It involves all of us. And, and in realizing that is what God desires, and we'll touch on this later, not because he's egotistical, but he has every right to be egotistical because he is perfect. But it's because he also knows it's what is best for us. I, I, I was thinking about this. You know, much of life is a process of God whittling away and exposing the things that we treasure in until we come to truly find that he is the treasure. There are various things that we may treasure. I have a a 32 special Winchester lever action octagon barrel rifle that my grandfather used in Oregon to kill elk and moose and, and large animals. And just the fact, what made it special to me is this was grandpa's. And, and... It's it's not one of those things that you take in antique road show and they say, did you know this is worth a quarter of a million dollars? No, it's not anything like that. But it has value to me because of the connection that it was my grandpa's and and he saw fit to give it to me, and and so I have it. I've never killed a moose with it. Not many moose around here in Iowa, okay? And some of you are thinking, 
Well, you can travel out west, okay? I know what you're already thinking there, all right? But at any rate, it's, it's something of value to me. But when you stop and think, what do you treasure most of all in your life? What do you, what do you spend your time and effort pursuing? Um, what would be a great tragedy that if what you were pursuing disappeared? You know, thinking about what we truly treasure, often what we treasure is by default. We don't say, I'm going to treasure this, but if you start to look at what is valuable to me? What is a treasure to me? To some people, it, it may be, uh, I'm not sure I even want to begin to go there, okay? But it's, a, it's various things. The first thing that came to mind was, this was my thought process why I, when I was saying to some people, I was going to say looks, okay? And and. I've never had that problem. You don't need to say amen to that, all right? But um, at any rate, but there are some people that they really treasure how they look. It's evident how many selfies they take, all right? And it's evident how they Photoshop those selfies to make them look even better. To some, it's their car to, or truck or um, or their guns or their homes or their possessions or we could go on and on and on and list. But as I said earlier, life is a process of showing us that all these things will fail us. And let me just tell you, if you're, if you're paralyzed by treasuring your looks, I don't care what stuff you put on, you are going to wrinkle you are going to sag. Your face is going to sag. Your earlobes keep growing. Did you know your earlobes keep growing? And um, so they're going to get even longer and longer. And it's a losing battle. And, and God wants us to get to the point that we love Him, that we, that we treasure Him. And you may be saying, yeah, I know God is great in everything, but why should I treasure God? Um, just so you can pace yourself, I was going to say there's four things I want to mention, but I have three sets of four today, okay? So just so you can pace yourself. Number one, why should I treasure God? He has done what no one else can do. One, just in creating you, no one else can create a human being. But my initial thought in this is he has done what no one else can do. He paid the penalty for our sins. We sang about the nails in his hand. He paid the penalty for my sin and for your sin and He paid the penalty for sin. He bore the death and He rose victorious from the dead. And He now ever lives to make intercession for us. No one else 
can take your sin. No one else can forgive your sin. No one else can rescue you from the condemnation of the lake of fire and give you a home in heaven. That alone should be reason for us to treasure Him. In realizing that God has done for me what no one else could do. See, something that is very rare, something that is uh, no one else has, so to speak, that makes it valuable. This is something that no one else could do for us. That alone should make us treasure Him. But secondly, to treasure Him, He alone will never change. Everything in this world changes. But God alone will never change. And to treasure Him, because He will never change. You know, you remember, or you can recall... When you, you've looked at, you've seen someone that you haven't seen for a while, and maybe the way they're walking, or maybe the way they look, and you think, wow, they've, they've really aged since I saw them last. It hit me one day when I was thinking that. Others are thinking the same thing about me, too, right? But the reality is, everything changes. But God doesn't. This is a treasure that will never change. He is to be treasured because He never changes. Thirdly, He alone truly knows me and He loves me. In today's New Morning Mercies, it said, um, we have these questions. And one of them is, when, when someone gets to know me, will they continue to love me? It was something along that line. Listen, God doesn't have to get to know us. He knows us. He knows how evil and rebellious our heart is, and yet He still loves us. I mean, I am going to treasure this No one ever cared for me like Jesus, the songwriter said. No one else could take my sin and darkness from me. And He never changes. And He knows me, but He still loves me. You may be here today and you may be thinking, man, I did not have a good week. And you may be thinking, I blew it here this last week. God has not kicked you to the curb. He has not said what a worthless piece of flesh that you are. God says, what are you going to learn from this? And if you confess your sin, God says, I am faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And even He knows every detail about us. I mean, He knows us better than we know ourselves and certainly better than anyone else knows us. And He still loves us. And then we treasure God because He alone will be standing when everyone else is gone. 
Do you understand everything that you treasure? I, I value my marriage. I, I love Marilyn. I value our relationship. But I know the reality, unless the Lord comes again, and unless I fall asleep in driving and take our lives together, you say, that's a gross thing. But I'm illustrating here. Unless, if life is normal, one of us will die and leave the other one here. And many of you have experienced that already. And if my life is built solely around my wife or your husband or your kids or your farm or your hobby or your anything else, it's going to be gone. But Jesus Christ alone will be standing. After the rapture, after the tribulation, after the great white throne judgment and the judgment seat of Christ and all of those things, God alone stands. And so I'm going to treasure that. I'm going to build my life around that which lasts eternally. And that's why the songwriter, every song we say, we've sung this morning, has saying, all that thrills my soul is Jesus. And, and it's mentioning, why? Because of what you've done for me what, that no one else could do. Provide forgiveness of sin. That you'll never change. That you know me and you love me. And you alone will be standing when everyone else is gone. But now I want to turn our attention to this. Evidences that we don't treasure God. We spend little time with Him. Someone that you treasure, you value your time together. And it doesn't matter what we say about our relationship with God. If we treasure our relationship with God, we will spend time with Him. We will have a... And I don't just mean spend some time with Him. We will have a hunger and thirst for God. As the deer panteth for the waters, so my soul longeth after you. You alone are my heart's desire. And I long to worship you, we sang this morning. It, it's, not, it's not a, um, well, I better have, in order for my day to go right, I, I better go spend some time with the Lord. No, we want to know God. We, we have a desire to know Him more and more. Evidence is that we don't treasure God. We, we spend little time with Him. And secondly... We see obedience as an obligation, not an act of love. We see obedience as an obligation. Well, it's something I've got to do. Not as an act of love. God, I want to show you that I love you. And, and if this is your will, I am happy to do it. If, if this is your desire, I am, I am eager to grant that. And, and it is. It's a matter of, of um, 
growing in our relationship with Him that, that it's, it's not solely fear-based, that it, it, it brings it to the point that because I love you, God's commands, see, when, when we treasure God, we see that God's commands are meant to lead us to something wonderful, and that is to God Himself. It's meant to lead us to God Himself. It isn't this, check off this, yes, I did that, yes, I did that, yep, I must be a good Christian. We have many people that are checking off these things, but they're not in a relationship with God. They're not treasuring God. They're treasuring feeling good about themselves by checking off certain things that we think a Christian's supposed to do. If you treasure God, it's a delight, it's a joy to do what He wants us to do. Thirdly, evidence that we don't treasure God is we give the bare minimum. And I'm not necessarily talking about although it applies to that, to finances, I'm talking about we do just whatever we think is necessary. I mean, there's a difference in athletes between champions and also-rans in that the also-rans do ten sprints The champions do 12 or 15. The champions show up before practice and do things. The also-rans are sliding in at the last second, getting their gear on, and I made it just before coach said you have to run a lap. The bare minimum. No. I treasure you so much, God, And genuine love is extravagant. It it wants to lavish it upon. Not just enough to get by. Just, okay, if if I give them this much, will, will they be content? No, genuine love looks for ways... To, to go above and beyond, and, and there's no question about it that, God, I am dedicated to you. I am yours. I, I delight in giving to you of my time, of my talents, of my resources. Another evidence that we don't treasure God is that we're easily distracted from Christ. You know, I think, I think one of many purposes that God has through all this virus thing is to wipe out a lot of things that distract us. It it certainly doesn't wipe out all distractions. But God God has used it, or He's desirous of using it, in our lives because many of us are like an, an untrained hunting dog. It goes along and anything that runs across its path, it's taken off after it, distracted by it. If it's a coon dog, it doesn't matter. Rabbit runs across its path, it's off after a rabbit. And you think, man, he's got something treed. And you go down there and he's sniffing around in the ground, he's got a rabbit hole down there, you know what I mean? 
And that's about when you're ready to shoot the dog and get a new one, okay? Easily distracted. Think in your own life. Oftentimes we come and say, okay, I'm going to focus on Christ. And how readily and easily we are distracted from Christ. Someone said, if Satan can't defeat you, he'll distract you. And it, it accomplishes the same purposes. So those are just some evidences that we don't treasure Christ. But let me list four things. <clears throat> when I treasure God, <clears throat> number one, I will give whatever it takes to know God and walk with Him. I, I will give or I will do whatever it takes to know God and walk with Him. If it means rising up earlier, I'm going to do it. Whatever it takes. J.C. Ryle said, When a man will venture nothing for Christ's sake, we must draw the sorrowful conclusion that he has not the grace of God dwelling within him. When the grace of God is dwelling within us, we will treasure God and our heart will be, God, I am committed to knowing you and, and whatever it takes, I, I am committed, whatever it takes to build my walk with you, I am going to do it because that's all that matters. When everything is said and done, that's all that matters. What does it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What does it profit a man if he is saved so as by fire? Nothing to show to the Lord as a, as a testimony of your love to Him. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24. It's, all, it's always been a an interesting passage of mine. Uh, it gives the analogy of athletic events. He said, Know you not that those that run in a race run all, but one receives the prize? This was before political correctness. One received the prize, okay? So he said, Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize has self-control in all things. Now notice this. And the picture that he's painting is of the Olympic Games. And, and we always enjoy the Olympic Games and hearing the stories of, of the obstacles that, that these people have overcome and how they've trained and how they've gotten to the point where they are and the dedication and and the investment that they've made. And Paul then says, they're doing all this. They exercise this discipline. He says, now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. Therefore, Paul says, I run not with uncertainty, Thus I fight, not as one that beats the air. What, he, what he's alluding to, and, and often in their boxing matches, they would put uh, 
um, pieces of metal in their hand to, to give their punches more weight. But he said, I'm not, I'm not shadow boxing here. I'm not showing off punching the air. He says, I am making everything count. I don't fight as uncertainly. Oh, I'm living the Christian life. No, everything, whatever it takes for me to know God. I am not doing this for a gold medal that will be sold later or passed on to my kids. I'm doing it for the glory of God. I'm doing it for a treasure to lay at His feet. Because I treasure God. He says, they do it for a crown that perishes, but we an incorruptible. He said, I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. He disciplines his body, meaning whatever it takes for me to know God. That means at times you have to talk to yourself. And you need to say, get up. This is the right thing to do. This is what you need to do. Whatever it takes to know God. Because everything else in your life will be gone. When I treasure God, I will give whatever it takes to know God and walk with Him. Number two... I will never give up on God. I don't know how many people I've talked to that have said along this line, well, along these terms, I've, I've tried Christianity, but it didn't work for me. It isn't something you try. It's not like trying on a coat and it just didn't fit. It's, it's turning from our sins and turning to Christ and saying, God, I am committed to knowing you and whatever it takes to know you, that's what I'll do. And that means that you will have some difficult valleys in life. And you will go through some dark times in life. And your faith may be questioned at times in your own mind. But when you treasure God, you will never give up on God. As dark as it is, and you may not see Him, you say, I know, as Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives. And in the last day, Job 19.25, I shall see Him and I will praise Him for who He is. He knows that the day is coming that He will be in God's presence and God will make all things right. And He never never gives up on God. Even in His prayer life, to pray and pray and pray We've heard testimonies of some of you right here that have prayed for your parents and until the very end. And at the very end, they came to know Christ as personal Savior. Well, I guess that's not going to happen. Why should I keep praying? 
to never give up on God. When we treasure God, it means I will never give up on God. Thirdly, when I treasure God, it means a commitment that I won't forsake God for anything. I mentioned Job. Really, the theme of the book of Job is, is almost a wager. Shall we praise and honor God only for what He gives us in this life? Or shall we praise and honor Him when He takes away all that we have and our hope is in God alone? And Job's response was, Though He slay me, Job 13, 15, Though He slay me, Yet will I trust in Him. Job's response was, The Lord gave, the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well over 50%. I read closer to 70% of Christians today live in persecuted environments where their faith, they are persecuted for it. I mean, for them to come to faith in Jesus Christ, they know, many of these people know that they will be disowned by their own family. Many of them, their family will literally have a funeral service for them and will act like they no longer exist. And yet they say, no, I treasure God more than I treasure my family. I treasure God more than I treasure my freedom. And all throughout history, there have been people like Polycarp, who, 86 years old, had served God faithfully, understood people came and said they're they're coming after you polycarp and and they said you need to flee to this farmhouse and he said oh why bother i'm ready god will take care of me well they they took him to this farmhouse the authorities found the farmhouse they came to arrest him he welcomed his captors in As old friends, he gave them food and drink, and he asked them, Will you give me one hour to pray before I am taken into the arena to be killed? They relented. The hour of his prayer stretched into two hours. The officers, hearing his prayers, began to wonder why they were arresting this old man like this. Polycarp was eventually brought into the arena, and instead of begging for his life, the authorities pleaded with the aged man to curse Christ, and he would be released. Polycarp's response was this, Eighty and six years I have served my Savior, and He never did me any injury. How can I blaspheme 
my king and savior. He was burned alive at the stake. And they said, even as he was burned alive, that his countenance was glowing with joy. Because I treasure Christ more than anything, he said. You know, we're not asked today to denounce Christ. But we're asked to treasure Christ more than anything. William Tyndale was most known for his translation of the Bible into English. He opposed many of the teachings of the Catholic Church. King Henry's divorce he spoke out against. And and yet Tyndale's English translation of the Bible was one of the first ones to draw significantly from the original language. Tyndale treasured Christ more than he did anything else. Tyndale was choked to death as he was tied to the stake and then his body was burned. We could spend the rest of the day giving examples of individuals that treasured Christ more than anything else. But we're the ones on the platform now. We're the ones that are on the track running the race. We're the ones today. Tyndale has run his race. Polycarp has run his race. Wycliffe has run his race. John Bunyan has run his race. All the disciples have run their race. But it's us now. And we're not facing it today. But by God's grace, we ought to say, God, it is not in me. But by your grace, I want to treasure you more than anything else. And if it comes down to my life or you, God, I want it to be you. If it comes down to my family or you, I want it to be you. God, if it comes down to anything and you, I want to... I want to forsake all else for you alone. And when I treasure God, I will have great joy. Turn to the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk, Habakkuk, however you want to pronounce it. Chapter 3. And notice verse 17. The prophet's prayer is recorded in chapter 3. And Habakkuk says in verse 17, we're not going to read the whole thing because of time. He says, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, Though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. He will make me walk on my high hills. Notice he's saying, Though everything fails, the crops fail, completely fail. 
I have nothing in the barns. It fails. Everything, everything is cut off. There, there's no herd in the stalls. I mean, think of this, the reality. This isn't, this isn't Chinese virus. This is, this is famine. I mean, you have nothing to butcher. You have nothing to eat. You have nothing. And he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. He said, God, I value. I am not going to curse you by your grace, though, though everything else passes away. And though everything goes contrary to the way I want it, God I will rejoice in you because I treasure you and nothing can separate me from the love of Jesus. What do we really treasure? What what is it that we value? Certainly we should thank God for His blessings. But we need to understand that the chief blessing that we receive from God is God Himself. And in realizing that, and in realizing, and and we don't have the time, but he all throughout Scripture, He says, this is what you should treasure. What I want you to do today is to ask yourself, to ask God, God, show me what I treasure. Show me what is important to me. And God, help me to treasure you that I will do whatever it takes to know you. That I'll never give up on you. That I won't forsake you. God, help me that I wouldn't forsake you for anything. And Lord, may I do it with joy. Heavenly Father, to know you is to love you. To love you is to honor you, and we honor you when we truly treasure you. And I pray today that your Spirit would minister in our hearts and lives, and Lord, that we would be committed to treasuring you, to doing whatever it takes to know you. Lord, some, it may mean setting a time daily to, to have their hearts seek after You. Lord, to some, it may mean calling upon You for the forgiveness of sins, realizing You love them more than any other. That no one has ever cared for us like You. But Lord, I pray that we would be committed to knowing You and doing whatever it takes to know You. And then, Lord, I pray that that perhaps there are some here that have kind of given up on God, just going through the motions. Lord, I pray that we would never give up on You and, and that we would prepare our hearts and minds and cry out to You, Lord, help us to never forsake You, regardless what may come. And may we treasure You with great joy. So, Lord, would You accomplish Your purposes through these truths today, that we would truly treasure You, 
because you alone are worthy. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand.